Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Things all month long at the Home Depot, you get all the jingle bells and whistles you could wish for with LG Appliances. With America's most reliable line of appliances per independent consumer study, you can take holiday doing to holiday done and always be ready to handle last-minute holiday guests. Final days to save up to $900 on select laundry sets, including top brands like LG with Black Friday savings at the Home Depot. How doers get more done in November 29th. Let's end this year with a bang with Gossip Mitsubishi's Mitsubishi Motors year-end sales event. You want huge savings? We Gossip. The awards keep coming for the world's first and best-selling plug-in hybrid SUV. 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. 420 total range and PGE. We Gossip at $299.96 a month. Plus, 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. Buy for $26,850 or $379 a month. Plus, IIHS top safety pick in seat 7. 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander. $32,185 or $399 a month. All equipped with Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. You want it? We gossip. Gossip Mitsubishi. 1870 Covington Pike or 24-7 at MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we gossip it. HEV PZ06230 MSRP 44355 84 months 500 military and conquest or loyalty rebate Outlander RZ006545 MSRP 33185 Sport RU00104 MSRP 27850 Goods all rebates and incentives PF695 excludes tax file and license CD for complete details Have you heard? The Xfinity Mobile Black Friday sale is on now Don't miss out on a free line of unlimited for two years when you switch to Xfinity Internet That's over $1,000 in savings Plus, see how to get up to $800 off an eligible 5G phone. Join the millions who have switched to one of the fastest-growing mobile services. Now through December 5th, new customers can get a free line of unlimited intro mobile for two years with Xfinity Fast Internet. Plus, see how you can save even more with up to $800 off the latest 5G phones. It's your chance to get connected to the fastest mobile service with 5G cellular and millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. This offer won't last. Go to Xfinity.com slash Black Friday sale, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After promo, regular rates apply to service and devices. Actual internet speeds vary. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce mobile speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage. Data thresholds may vary. Cyber Golden Gable deals are here at Lowe's. Right now, get up to 45% off and save an extra $100 on every $800 you spend on select major appliances. And there's more. Get the DeWalt 20-volt max drill kit for $99. Was $159. Hurry, these savings won't last because Lowe's knows deals. Filed to 1129. While supplies last, selection varies by location. Appliance savings vary based on purchase amount. Exclusions apply. See Lowe's.com for details. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's Sports Station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Jim, can you hear 
Welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Good to be back from the Thanksgiving break. It's always, it's always both exciting, these shows, and also overwhelming because there's, <clears throat> there's just been so much that's happened, Jeffrey. The world has changed since we were last on air. Yeah, there's always there's always a ton, and then it's always like, okay, well, what is, like, determining, like, what do you need to talk about versus, you know, like, doesn't the, doesn't the game Wednesday, the two games Wednesday, the Michigan game and the Rockets game, doesn't that almost feel like a month ago? <laughs> the Michigan-Memphis game, yeah, yeah and the Rock, yeah, and Dylan, Dylan's uh, first game against the Grizzlies, yes, it was, it, it feels like ages ago, lots of turkey and, and all that ago, Um <clears throat> I should I do I do feel like though what I will remember most about this Thanksgiving break is the Michigan Ohio State game selfishly but more so how I had to watch the game mm, I pulled, This was a tough scene. Well, I pulled off what I was stunned I was able to pull this off. No, so, you, you were you were you were darn near Ted Mosby. And when they when he has what is his sensory overload three thousand when they're getting the wings they're trying to watch the Super Bowl and replay. So I had told my wife I was like I got to work on Friday because we got Memphis Temple and we got once Mem- once Memphis beat Michigan we had Memphis Ark uh, right. or no excuse me we had Mem- we had Memphis Temple and then we had once Memphis beat Arkansas we had Memphis. Uh, Villanova in right. the Bahamas championship game, the battle for Atlanta's championship game. So I was like, I got to work on Friday. Um, well, at the time, we thought we were going to have that. <laughs> then we realized when we flipped over, I was like, well, what next? <laughs> it didn't go well for Memphis basketball. Uh, Memphis football got a nice win over Temple. We'll talk about both those things here in a second. But um, I was like, but, but I'm free the whole weekend. Like, I don't have any work stuff the whole weekend. Thinking inherently, my wife is also a University of Michigan graduate. Indeed, that's where we met. Um, that's where we got engaged. Um, thinking she'd, you know, like I didn't have to remind her that it was Michigan Ohio State on Saturday at eleven a.m. Only like maybe the biggest, ver- you know, version of the game ever. I was actually thinking about this as you were laying out the whole scenario. Are there two different? Are there two more different group chats? Of Michigan grads than Lindsay's group chat and your but see, group chat. That's the thing. Her, I know her friends. No, they're into Michigan. Like she, they're into Michigan football too. At least, but like, because to me, like this, I always think about like when you when you got into the sweet spot last year of getting to watch games. If mm-hmm. as long as there wasn't yes, a Memphis was game, when they were, is because her friends were talking about it. I know for whatever reason. This year's team. How? I don't How know. is that possible? I don't know. I don't understand. Mark, I, I don't know. I, I don't was know. thinking about it as I was going to pick up food before the game. I'm sitting there. I don't care about Michigan. I don't care about Ohio State. I like sports. And I'm sitting there going, this is awesome. Yeah. This feels like a big game. Yeah. yeah. Charles, it's the last. It was the last Michigan Ohio State game where it was truly going to be. Win or go home. If yeah. you win, your, your season goes on. And if you lose, you know, you don't have anything else to play for. 
once the 12 team playoff happens, this game, in fact, they're going to go away with divisions. There's a very real possibility next year this game's played and then they play again the next week in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, in the Big Ten championship game. So this is the last kind game. Kind of a tough gotten. look for everyone that goes, the regular season won't be more important, won't be less important. Well, I would say for this game, that, that in, holds. But Mark, I don't know about it's, it's, it's math. If you add more yeah. games, yeah. the regular season will matter a little. I just Correct. don't. It'll matter a little less, but not. You can I, make if you want to make the argument. It will matter more to more teams. Yes. I'm fine with that. But yes. the high end of the sport, it yeah. does not. Um, and so, on Friday evening, she then comes to me after I come home from uh, working, uh, watching the games, working, writing a column on uh, Memphis basketball. Um, she. Goes okay. We're gonna do this. We have that. We're I set up this play date at the art project. Uh, shout out to them down in Overton Square. Uh, you have to go to it. Blah, blah blah. And I was like, uh, but we're gonna be out of there by like ten thirty, right? You know, like I was like, we'll be out of there so we can get home, get to a TV by eleven. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, they're the game. And then yeah, so she had brought it up to my dad also on the phone. My dad was also like when she was talking on Facetime. With my dad and my kids, my dad was also like, oh, man, the game tomorrow. And she's like, what game? The, for those out there, yeah, when Mark, when Mark texted me, there's very few things that I make Aaliyah stop what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Because I do acknowledge my life is very different from your life. And... Like the the setup it, I have it could with, have been an emergency, but I handled it well. Right. And I thought my, the, I have a setup with my wife that's very different than your setup. When I... When I said, Aaliyah, I need a ruling on this, she's like, oh, that's bad. My wife was apologetic. She, she understood what she had done wrong. And, Jeffrey, I, the reason I bring this all up is not to – listen, it happens. Sometimes, no, you we, watch sometimes the- we make mistakes, okay? And, my, you know, it happens. The point is – the point to sound I, like crying Ryan. The reason why – I'm to make a lot of excuses. The reason what why that? I bring this up – the reason why I bring this up is I could not believe I pulled it off, that I was able to avoid the score, avoid any sort of knowledge of what was happening in the game, even though I started the game on DVR like two hours late. Like I started at like one thirty, one o'clock. Do you realize? It was it was unbelievable. And by like the end of the I got to experience the game as like a normal fan, cathartic at the end, then pulling it out. The the touch the Blake Corum touchdown, the play Touch, after Zach Zinter. Almost no one's listening, right? I teared up a little bit when Blake Corum scored there. That was a great moment. But nonetheless Listen, I don't want to make this about me. That was my that was my favorite thing about Thanksgiving, that I was able to pull that off and experience the Michigan Ohio State game with my oldest son. Watching a little bit too, like he was in the room. It's a long game. It was, he was in the and room. That, the, even, even more. Like I know, f- whatever. Big noon starts like ten or fifteen minutes later. Like, it, it, I just also would like to give a shout out to me. I contemplated a couple of times texting you, but mm-hmm. I honored the request of I'm going dark. Mm-hmm. You went zero dark thirty. You went LeBron. You went full LeBron playoff mode. Except I didn't see like in perfect booties on Instagram. He's, he's been caught doing that on Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. I, there were, like, multiple times where I had to stop myself. So much happening from texting you. Yeah. But we did it. I guess the one good thing, though, is for you, everyone else is watching the game. Like, your mm-hmm. group chat's watching the game, and you just mute group chat. Yeah, I was just I just I didn't have the phone near me. Like, once I got home, I just kind of – I didn't have it near me, and I – 
You know, I was, can't decide if I. It was nice. I'm glad you pulled it off yeah. because to me, it's an important reminder of it might still be possible. Because when you laid out this strategy, my first thought was like, "There's just no way." I think I would have bit the bullet and just watched on my phone. Yeah, I wanted to like. I wanted. I didn't want to have to be like glancing up and down. Like I would misplay. I wanted to watch the full thing. It's. It was. It's literally. Gonna go down as one of the great wins in Michigan football that's what history. The rewatch is for, yeah, I guess. But I, w- I wanted to experience it how I was supposed to experience it. I don't know. There was something to it. I pulled it off. Nothing bad happened, and it all worked out. And so that was my that was the highlight of my Thanksgiving. Uh, I need a real time reaction. Even it was on a Saturday. The the camera the camera angle of Ryan Day walking through the tunnel. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It is amazing to me. It was such an important win for Michigan. Like it would, if they had lost that game, people would have invalidated everything they've done over the last oh, two three sure. years. And we, there's still time for that. For the record, yeah. I think. But this is what I think. This is what it was for me. I've never felt like Michigan is super likable, mm-hmm. but I have found myself the more time goes on, like I truly hate Ryan Day. Like I find myself just very like it makes me root for Michigan because I can't stand him, and. It is special that he, like he's able to pull that off. Like that that takes a special kind of unlikability. But it's Monday. It's overreaction Monday. We got to get into Tigers, Grizzlies. I guess if we have to. We'll talk Tiger basketball in months. Yeah. He's going to join us here in about thirty five minutes or so. He of course was in the Bahamas. We'll get his reaction. We got the recap of the recap in the to start the second hour. We'll get into the list coaching carousel news. I. We got to talk about the Texas a That was one of the weirder things I've yeah. experienced. There's so much. We'll tell your story, then we'll get out of here. All right, let's start. Let's start overreaction. I do think, though, we need to start with the Grizzlies. If we're going, really, it, it was the most recent thing that happened, right? I like, don't know. I don't know. This or, was, should, or should we just be? Should we take the? Should we take the show tact of like, okay, you know what? You don't have nice to out say. Out of sight, out of mind. Till Ja comes back. At this point, I think my overreaction is. If you think it can't get worse, it can. See, because, my overreaction is like, I can't believe it's gotten this bad. It's like, I just, right, when I'm looking that, at that, the totality of everything, I'm point. like, I can't believe it's gotten this bad. But the reason why I say that is, let's take a look at, they are 3 and 14. Or, 3 and 13. 3 and 13. Come right, on. Right. Sorry. Six, Big game on Wednesday sorry. against the Jazz. Will they ever win a home game? But let's look at the three wins. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, aggressively the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. The Clippers, when they were an absolute disaster, adding Harden back to the mix. Mm-hmm. And then the Trailblazers. Also actively trying to lose. Correct. Pretty much. And had already lost Anthony Simons. Correct. Yeah. Um, so every other, like, that's the other thing. It's like you've played the Jazz twice once you got run out of their building. And then mm-hmm. you played them at home. And it was, I don't know, I felt like a fairly convincing Jazz win. I, it was closer on the scoreboard, but. I don't know. I never felt like the Grizzlies. I never sat there to myself and said, the Grizzlies are winning this game. Yeah, I mean, the Phoenix game, it's like you go through it. The reason why it's tough is because you've now gone, you played, you played, you beat the Spurs, and then you played a feisty game against the Celtics. Like, you, you know, you felt good about that loss. That's one of the few losses here. Right, that it's the best win about. of the year. Um, but then you go and play in this showdown against Dylan, and initially, Bain. I thought I thought you know I thought, I thought it was we going to be an all I thought I we were setting up for and what it turned out 
Dylan doesn't play well, but the Rockets still win by 20 or they, whatever. They win going, going away. away. And well, no, so I, I had to run to the car right at the start of the second quarter. So mm-hmm. I'm watching on TV, and I'm, you know, when you're watching that first quarter, you didn't feel bad. In fact, you, you were starting to talk yourself into, Des could go for 40. Yeah, like, and the reality awesome. was, it, when it turned out at the end, it was like Jalen Green was the best offensive player on the court in that game at the end. And then I'm just listening to Eric, and at one point, I think the Grizzlies had gone six minutes without making yeah. a shot. Have they not? They haven't cracked a hundred in any of these games. No, and and so you have that where you're losing to a Rockets team that, like, frankly, like I know they're off to a good start. Like that's a team that's going to battle for the ninth or tenth play-in spot. That's not like a good team, Houston. Yeah, but I mean, I would argue that is a team that you're hoping to no, be. Yeah, you're right. Once that's John probably Mar- a team like, when push comes right. to shove, you have to pass yeah. if you want to be in the play-in. No, you're absolutely I, I, right. I do agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. But like, my whole point is like, yeah. that's like that's the clip you've got to get to. So you have that, and it was the second time where you know, remember in the remember in the Lakers game, they kind of showed some of that edge that they had. Uh, when Al Dotman Bain went up in Anthony Davis's face, and then they get like just trounced there, and it felt like the Bain thing was another moment, rare moment this season where it's like, oh, the you know the the confident Grizzlies are here, like Bain going at D- Dylan Brooks, and See, that I, I always and then it diff- ended up. I always had a different opinion on that. It felt fake to me. Well, because no, by the end of the night, the like, point I'm it. making is that like they've done well, I'm it, saying, and like, there's even been when no it bite. Happened- there's even no when it bite to their in bark. Real time, I was like, "This feels, yeah. this feels kind of manufactured." There's, there's no bite to the bark anymore. Um, then, I actually thought the Suns game. Now, you can make the argument it was bad in that, you know, hey, Suns were without two of their three best guys in that game. You know, it was just, you know, no Kevin Durant, no Bradley Beal in that game. It was Devin Booker and a bunch of role players. You were going, and against. you had Jaron and Dez, and you were Jaron and Dez, and presumably a bunch of role players. But you saw. Their role players are better than the Grizzlies' role players at this point. And then Devin— Well, I think you can make the—this was the other thing I was thinking about. And then Devin Booker is a a level of star that Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. just aren't. Just as a score, like everything. But I think the other thing that stood out in that game was, yes, the Suns— like, if we're talking about the Suns as being a true NBA contender, it's like, I don't know if the rest of their pieces are good enough. Mm -hmm. But one thing you can, like, undoubtedly say is the rest of their pieces are NBA players. The problem that the Grizzlies have is they've got way too many 4A players or G League plus players. Yeah. Guys that are guys that if they go to the G League, they're like they're they're one of the best guys in the league, but then you put them in the NBA and they just are yeah. not. Yeah. No, and but I'll say this. They were down 6. Santi had an open 3 with less than 9 minutes to go in the fourth quarter against the Suns. He misses it and then they get a three-point play on the other end. Like they had a chance in that game. In the fourth quarter, the reality, they took advantage know. of the non-Booker minutes well they in that did, game. But didn't that also just feel like no? Was, I don't, that felt like a classic NBA game where yes. the better team decides, like, we all right, we gotta go, we gotta get serious here. But it could have been closer than what the final score ultimately was. But yes, I mean, to your point, I don't think they're winning that game no matter I, what. I don't the way know. It went. Like they're so bad offensively, Mark. Yeah, no, that's true. And then, and that's not even. I'm not even trying to ignore the defense. And then last night, it felt like. Really, the frust the the last two games especially, it felt like the frustrations were starting to mount. You could see it in the body language on the court. We had you know Derrick Rose after the Phoenix game, kind of calling out their communication with each other defensively, and uh, then during last night's game, towards the end, caught on you know cell phone cameras, Marcus Smart 
um, really laying into the team on the bench at the end of the game. I believe what was heard definitively was like, this is effing unacceptable or something along those lines. Um, you know, and afterwards, everyone said all the right things. You know, it wasn't like a whatever, but like that's just that's where they're at right now. It it, it this has gone from like something they were like bring it on to like they are really frustrated and it's, it's you can been, see it's wearing. Maybe on that's them. the overreaction. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, it just it feels like it. You can tell. You can see it starting to wear on them. So the only problem, like I don't, again, I don't have a problem with. Somebody getting in guys' faces. No. I don't know. I guess the bigger problem that I have is I don't feel like they're getting – they suck because they're not trying. I feel like they suck because they're not good. And they've gotten into this unfortunate spot now where, you know, it feels like Jaron has hit kind of, I don't know, if a, a breaking point, but it's like Jaron's clearly frustrated. I think it's mm-hmm. leaking over to his defense. Dez looks banged up to me. I don't know. If, I don't know. Like if we'll see him on an injury report or whatnot. But like I mean, we saw him get injured, so he's hurt. He's playing hurt, right? Playing banged but, like, up. I guess I you look- saw he wasn't getting. He wasn't taking it to the rack like he was pre-injury these last couple games. I guess I'm comparing it to like the first ten games, and like mm-hmm. to me, the the alarming part through the first ten games was you were off to such an unbelievably bad start, and Jaron and Dez for the most part played pretty well. Well, and we said, like, the schedule was easier the first 10 games than it was the last 15 without John. Now, here we are 16 games in, so we can count on two hands how many games John Morant will be out. So only nine more left. But those nine are Utah on Wednesday night, which, God, I hope they get a, I hope they get a win that day. I, really, I don't even know if they're going to be favored. <laughs> I hope they get a—I mean, they were favored the last time they had Utah at home— but if you think about it in these terms, the Grizzlies have just been a cash cow for betting against them. Like, Vegas has had to knock them down power ratings-wise. So you could talk me into they're not going to be favored in that. Then you've got Friday and Saturday a back-to-back at Dallas at Phoenix. You're not winning either of those games. I mean, I would um, say it's like, well, maybe got maybe more, yeah. maybe other teams will rest guys, but that hasn't stopped anyone. Yeah, I, I, certainly they will not be favored in those games. Then we don't know who they're going to play on next Wednesday or next Friday yet. Like, that'll be announced. I mean, now, theoretically, that, theoretically the, those will be bad, right. worse teams. teams. Like, win, maybe some winnable games there, potentially. Now, to be clear, there was only one team in the NBA that was eliminated from the Cup before the last team had even played their first game. Your Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, that is wild. But it's not. Then you've got um, another game against Dallas here. You got two games against Houston, a game against Oklahoma City, and then Ja comes back. Like, you know, like if you're predicting them to win more than three of those nine games, I, like, I, I, I'd have to know what happened. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, okay. I want to think that way, but I can't. And again, I, I, I just keep coming back to. It's such a crappy feeling when you flip the game on and you do it begrudgingly. Yeah. Like, it's a tough watch right now. Now, what did you make of what last night felt like also part of it was, I think, playing the Timberwolves. That's a team two years ago that you didn't even have to play that well in the playoff series. No, and we, you, we talked about it. And, that's, and you beat them. You were like it was viewed well, in the twi- mo- in two games. You just had to be on the floor while they beat themselves. It was it was, but that series is used. Oh, well, the Grizzlies are uh, they're at another level than the Timberwolves ultimately. Yes, and 
Now you're looking at it, and yeah, the Timberwolves went through issues last year. And, you know, honestly, issues maybe, you know, probably they didn't get, their record didn't get as bad as the Grizzlies has gotten here, but their issues in the locker room last year were notable. Well, I mean, bringing in Rudy Gobert. The last game of the year, you had Gobert fighting with Towns on the bench. Yeah. But now, here they are. I believe they have the best record in the Western Conference right now. Um, And I just, you look at their roster, it's, it's, you know, it feels like they're game up on the Thunder. It feels like top to bottom. It's, you know, their roster is in a much better place than the Grizzlies. And so I think that was, you know, including with two players who used to be on the Grizzlies. Mike Conley and Kyle Anderson. Um, and so I think symbolically last night's game probably, you know, that was tough. And again, you know, maybe when the Grizzlies are fully healthy next season, you know, they'll be right okay, back okay, on that same plateau. Let, I don't know. Let, but let's, let's take that because this is the other thing. It's like when everyone just wants to do the – and I understand, like, it is a coping mechanism of this is a lost year. Okay, that's fine. But predicated in all of this is getting everyone back healthy. Mark, we have no idea if Steven Adams is ever really going to be back healthy. It's enti- In fact, it's entirely possible that he's not. We have no idea what type of player Brandon Clark is going to be when he comes back. And the other problem that I've always had with the Clark thing is the Grizzlies multiple times tried to move Brandon up to the starting lineup. It was not effective in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Now, where I do think Brandon is clearly a value added is in postseason basketball, typically when rosters go small, he well, is he's, he's also just like an outlet on offense. You that that like they were talking about on the broadcast last night. It was either last night or the Phoenix game. Brevin and Pete were talking about it. Like, think about the different half court sets that have just vanished because of personnel. The, the the Brandon Clark roll to the basket for the alley-oop, which was good for like three baskets a game at least. That's gone. The the Brandon Clark floater, which on good nights was good for another two or three baskets in a half-court set. Gone. The Steven Adams, Desmond Bain right. playing off of him. Okay. Just gone. But to me, like that is a that's a straw man argument. My point is not that they don't miss that. Because mm-hmm. duh. Yeah. Look at what's out there. <laughs> Like, clearly, yeah. like if that were the option, would you rather have Brandon Clark mm-hmm. or the ghost of whatever they're putting out mm-hmm. at the four or the five? Like, yeah, no duh. The problem is everyone's, like, making this assumption. It's like, this is the year from hell. Get through it. Mm-hmm. And then you get back next year, and you're right back into contending. And I think what is clearly being shown is that's not well, the case right now. Well, the question is... I I think I'm. I think I said this like I don't a think few shows the, ago. I don't think but, the Grizzlies. To me, the Bengals can feel this way. Like Burrow's hurt. It's a lost year. Mm-hmm. He started the year hurt. You dug a hole. Then he gets hurt. It's done. But I do think though, next year, like a, you can you can dream big. You, the question is, do they have a front office capable? You know, like a lot of people were down. Like the Lakers flipped their supporting cast. The Cavs, it, was, it seems like it's always happening with LeBron's teams. But they, there are teams that have been able to flip their supporting cast. The Nuggets, if you go back to the beginning of the Jamal Murray Jokic time, if you compare the supporting cast to the supporting cast that won a title, it's been completely transformed. I, I do think there is an avenue here where you can conf, you can transform the supporting cast. 
um, not necessarily easily, but you can. And that's what they're going to have to do. Right. And I agree with you on that. The problem, though, that I keep seeing is it almost feels like the default setting right now is, well, let's let's get it back healthy next year and see what happens. Well, and I, I'm still not – I don't think – I think it's going to be a really – if they're 5-20, and 20, which hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're 5-20 and 20 when Ja comes back. You know, that means they have to go 36-21 and 21 to be 500. That's a 63% winning, cl- like, clip. I think it's going to be tough even with Ja back. Um, I think if the, you know, that would be the, that would be the fifth best record in the West right now. Win percentage wise. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, but I'm still not convinced they can't play themselves back into the mix towards the end of the year. I, I, I do think there is a little bit of, it always seems better in the good times than you think it really is, and it seems worse in the bad times than you really think it is. And I think there is a little bit of that because it's like you're missing job, and then it's been compounded by literally, like, all these different guys. Like, it's not just one guy. It's been like, you know, literally, if you go by guys they were counting on this season, like, I'm not even going to include Brandon Clark, but, like, Stephen Adams, Luke Kennard, Xavier Tillman, Marcus Smart, um, like, you know, that's four guys who, again, I don't know, to your point, like, I don't know if it's, like, if having those guys, if they have a good enough roster to be a true contender in the West, but it wouldn't, it, you know, like, it would, it, there's just no way it would be a disaster if they had the whole roster, even as flawed as it appears the roster is, more flawed than maybe we suspected six months ago coming out of that season, out of last season. Um, and so... It's just going to be a strange season, and the question will become, you know, what do they look like those first 10 or 15 games with John Morant? Because I think that's going to dictate a lot of what they do the rest of the season. Like, if they're, if it's like, oh, I, if it's I, rough those first 10 or 15 games with John, ja, I think you can make an argument if it's rough the first five, mm-hmm. they're going to have a coaching change. Well, my, my thing is, if it's rough the first 10 or 15, do you just go, you know what, this is a lost year. We gotta, you know, like we don't want to, we it, we don't want to be a thirty-five win team that doesn't make the playoffs. You know? I just, I, so I, it's gonna be tough. I don't think you can do that because in the end, it's very different to me if you are in the. We're trying to blow it up to do a if, restart. If Ja, Dez, and right. Jaren are healthy, it sends yeah. a terrible message. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and so then it becomes, what moves do you make? I think there's gonna, they're gonna, they gotta have. They got to make a move, whether it's coaching change at some point if this continues, or just again trying to begin the process of flipping this supporting cast. And I don't know. You know again, not going to be easy. Going to have to give up first round picks probably, and maybe take on. You know, like it's not going to. It's not going to be easy. Well, I mean, that's kind of the bigger problem is that when you think about ways to fix it, they don't have a ton. Honestly, right now, probably their best asset is going to be. Their own first round pick, right? Yeah, and what's I think perceived, so. and again, I'm not a draft expert, so. but the perception is it's a weak draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I think again, that's why I think the first ten or fifteen games with Jaw is going to dictate a lot because I think you do if they look decent to good with Jaw, then maybe you're open to trading that pick to go get something to to give you a push here, something that can help you this year and next year, you know, like something like that. Um, if you can find it. Um, now, again, we've seen. It's very easy to say this is what they should go get 
<laughs> and going going to get it is has proven a lot more difficult. Do you have anything else? Um, well, we should overreact to what happened with Memphis sports. No, no, I mean, do you have anything else on the Grizzlies? Uh, no, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they win against the Jazz on Wednesday. They've never gone this long without a home win, even when they were in Vancouver. To start the season. To start the season, excuse me. Um, So hopefully they win against the Jazz on Wednesday because then they're waiting at least another week for for their first home win if they don't beat the Jazz on Wednesday. All right, so let's let's do Tiger football quickly. Okay. I have a column up at commercialpill.com. So they get the win over Temple. Yep. And finish off a nine and three or finish strong. Like that was a that was that was how you how you wanted them to play Temple, how frankly how you wanted them to play against other bad teams in the league. That's how they played against Temple. Like they put them away early. It was a you know, yeah, they they weren't perfect, but it was a very convincing win. At no point did you think Temple was winning that game. No, I did spend a decent amount of the third quarter worried that Temple would cover. Mm. And that was going to be annoying to me. Gotcha. But so they win the game, go 9 and 3, and then things in the SEC break where you're now closer to Memphis potentially being in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl as their bowl bid, as their bowl berth. There are two things still on the table that could change that from what I understand. One, if Alabama were to beat Georgia and in some, you know, some universe the SEC doesn't get a team in the playoff. Okay? Or if let's say SMU beats Tulane in the AAC championship I, game uh, here's and the, the thing, though, and the playoff, the thing, though, but let's go back to the SEC one. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't get a playoff team, just slot another team into an access bowl. Yes, but they're already going to have the maximum amount of access bowl teams, even I mean, with a team in the theoretically, playoff. Theoretically, there is no, there is no, because then George- I'm just telling you, they're going to get an at large. Like if if Missouri's going to get one of the at large, I think access bowls if George is in the playoff. I think Missouri gets one anyway. I think they're going to get three. Okay, but if no team is in the playoff, that's, that, what, that's what I'm saying. They'll still get three because the other two will be ranked so high. Like, see, I think the top eleven. Mis- I think no, the top eleven. Like, you get it, it's there's like a contract. Okay, well, there is a universe in which that doesn't happen. I think it's unlikely. The more likely, and still also co- feels unlikely, SMU beats Tulane in the championship game, the AAC championship game, and then the playoff committee slots like Liberty as the highest ranked. New Year, you know, uh, group of five team, and they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Also, probably, well, it'll be interesting to see what they have the, the rankings as Tuesday. My gut tells me they're going to set it up so that if SMU beats Tulane, they'll be I, That's my suspicion, too. Um, but there is a scenario because where that happens. It's also, it's, at that point, SMU's two losses are TCU when they were fully healthy, and then Oklahoma. Yes. Um, so... Point of the story being, pretty high probability, I would say. I would say the most likely destination for them as of today for Memphis football is the Liberty Bowl. Thought it was on Liberty Bowl. Not set in stone, but I would put it as the most likely bowl destination. So my overreaction to all that is, mm-hmm. I think you should root for the Liberty Bowl. And here's why. Mm. As a avid consumer of all bowl games, mm-hmm. Mark, all bowl games matter. Mm-hmm. The Fenway Bowl is a lot better in theory yeah. than it is. Hasn't it, like, barely been played because of whether it's COVID or weather stuff or whatever? I just know every single time I think about this game, like, last year you had the lifeless Cincinnati who, so Fickles left, Satterfield was, like, in the booth. Like, 
it's always just been a game in front of like 11 people at Fenway Park, and it's just a game with absolutely no juice. You would know better than I would on the Military Bowl, but every time I think of the Military Bowl, I usually just think of some ACC team that doesn't want to be there versus a AAC team that usually is pretty jacked up. And then occasionally you get the Mac wants Mac Mac Brown cares about bowl games, so he had Sam Howell light up. I think it was Temple, maybe that one year, whatnot. But every vision I have of the Military Bowl, not exactly great. It's in fine. Th- it's fine. It's, Liberty Bowl is better. Liberty AutoZone Liberty Bowl matters way more to Memphis than the Military Bowl well, matters again, to I like have, Annapolis. And I don't DC, know. Whatever. I don't know how the Big Twelve will slot it, but I do know if you wind up playing in Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Like, they care about bowl games. Like, that game yeah. will have atmosphere. They ran out of beer at the Liberty, uh, the Bush whatever, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium well, they ran, at the, uh, when they came. Waller said they they drank the entire place out of beer. Yeah, like, so, um, no, there's that. What, what I will say is after the game, Ryan Silverfield, certainly by his standards, you know, kind of went on the offensive, I would say, um, had this to say, Jeffrey, uh, he was asked to. He was asked to kind of his takeaways from the season. season. Yeah, like takeaways from the season, and among other things, said, "quote I'm not going to sit here and boohoo off a nine win season. I like to reflect on all the positive things. The people that are going to be unhappy with a nine win season are the same people that, when we went eight and three my first year, beat UCF and won a bowl game, that reached out, coach, please don't ever leave Memphis. Please don't ever leave Memphis. And then seven months later, hey, let's help you I, pack I, your bags. Do those people exist? They're the same people that complain about politics." but refused to vote. The same people that probably boost Santa Claus in this place. And he was saying that from Lincoln uh, Financial Field. I believe they booed him at Veterans Stadium. They, yeah, but but close enough. Yeah, it's fine. Same That's semantics. Um, so I wrote a column up at commercialfield.com. I, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He said other stuff. He went on to praise the fans that are supportive of him. But essentially it broke down to, like, I care about the fans who are supporting me. I don't care about the fans that are on, on my ass, essentially. So either you're I with won, me or you're against me. Yeah, and, like, I just thought that was a mis- mistake by him. Like, uh, I, 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 I get it. I know what he's probably right that, like, you know what, 9-3 and three is, like, a good season. Like, he's probably right that people are on his ass a little too much. Doesn't mean you should say it out loud. Like, because ultimately the job – you should read the column up at commercialbill.com. But the job – isn't to like win over the fans that like you. It's to win over all the fans. It that's the job. And like it frankly making the politics reference like he did it's too much like what politics are now where like people govern for the people who voted for them not for all the people. Well the people who fund their campaign. <laughs> Same thing. That's kind of what he's saying too. It's like, you know, and if this was a misguided way of saying like we need more NIL, well there were way better ways to say it than that. You know, like we need more support from an NIL perspective. Um, and so uh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought, frankly, it hi- rather than highlighting what was, I thought like a nine and three season in which, yeah, like they didn't achieve everything you wanted them to. But I, personally, I saw it as a progress, certainly from the last two years. Um, but instead, I don't of know hi- if I'm willing to say progress. I do think it is very clear to say. They didn't – They, I think they were backsliding. And I think they stopped the backslide. I think that is very clear. And instead of highlighting that, to me, really highlighted the problem that 
you're going to run into this offseason where, like, he's probably going to get an extension because he's only got two years left on his deal. And it's like, you know, this is going to this is gonna be like Josh Pastner's extension all over again where it's going to, like, divide the fan base. And, you know, like, he needs to win those people over so there isn't this, like, week-to-week referendum on his job, which even though he went 9-3, and three, very clearly he has not eliminated that. I mean, the, the problem is, and this is the larger problem moving forward, how many games on next year's schedule, like, because Jeff was talking about it this morning, there's more of an affinity for Mike Norvell than even Fuente. Mm-hmm. I think it's solely the result that Norvell, who, by the way, had a tendency to kind of throw a stinker out every now and then, mm-hmm. like the lose the game he shouldn't, mm-hmm. like a Temple game and... Thank God that Tulsa kid misses that kick, yeah. and yeah. God knows like where everything goes. But he has unbelievably big wins, mm-hmm. and like some of the best and most yeah. fond memories that you have. This is kind of the larger problem that I see is like how many games on the schedule next year. Well, and that's to your point about the Liberty Bowl. Like I'm not saying it's going to give him all the juice he needs, but if he went out and beat an Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl, it'd be his biggest win of the year, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. If he went to the military bowl and be, I think it's probably going to be, if you go to the military bowl, you're probably getting Virginia Tech, from what I understand. If you went out and beat Virginia Tech, wouldn't be as good as beating Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl, but it still, I think, might be your biggest win of the year. I, th- I think it still probably would be. Um, you're beating a Power 5 opponent. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So um, he's got a chance to get a signature win. I, I just think he made a mistake. Like, to me, it just highlighted again how, like, divided the fan base is over to him and why – I put this in the column. If I'm an administrator, if I'm, like, the boosters who are funding stuff, like, I'd be terrified about giving him a contract extension this offseason, even though, like, I think the industry is going to say he should get a contract extension of some kind this offseason. Yeah, and to which I would say, who's hiring him? Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing that I would say on this is – it rubbed me the wrong way because a it was clearly pre-written. Yeah, it was. Pre- it was yeah, it was premeditated. The que- there was no way. Correct. The, I went and listened to the question. He he did not right. need to. He clearly wanted to get that off his chest. <laughs> the biggest problem that I had with this, it was like he was he was trying to use the political analogy, and I'm sitting there going, "Well, you're the politician that's angrily like campaigning." Yeah, he wasn't angry. I wouldn't well, say whatever. He like, was but it's angry. like I don't know. It's like. You, Either you're with me or you're against me. Like he went full Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. No, it was uh it was interesting. It was a choice. Uh I thought it was a poor choice. By the way, and also isn't that like the biggest layup to celebrate? Man, let's celebrate these guys. Like the He did that at first, too. He did that in his opening statement. And like, you know, but ultimately he chose to go this route. I thought it was a mistake. Um it was uh, also every, everything that everything about Silverfield can be summed up in this like this one phrase. That's what the money's for. Like, in the end, you are in the heat position. Like, everything. I don't know how many other jobs out there that would pay Ryan Swordfield $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like, in the end, like, hey, man, that's what the money's for. Yeah. So, interesting. Good year, Good end of the year on the field. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. We've already gotten a couple transfer. Tevin Carter has announced he's in the transfer portal. I believe Davion Carter, starting guard on the offensive line this year has announced he's going to be in the transfer portal. Some rumblings about other guys. It's 
It's inevitable. Whether you're having a good year or a bad year, that's going to happen. I'm also over whether or not guys go into the portal that that's a referendum on coaches. Like, that's that's a referendum on the system. You don't want Seth Hennigan to go in the portal. Quarterback's a little different. I mean, maybe. Starting quarterback. But at the same time, like, what if you're Seth? You go, I've got one year of eligibility left. I'm going to see what's out there. And I think there's a lot left for him here, too. So, um, it'll be. uh, Yeah, but what if, like, I don't know if you know this, Mark. No, no. Mediocre. Mediocre G five no, no a mediocre G five offensive lineman in the portal is going for about two hundred and fifty grand right now. Ugh. What do you think, Seth Hennigan, who is a quarterback playing the most important position? Are you telling me that he can't go dip his toe in? <sighs> and honestly, I would even point out that's not a referendum on Silverfield. That should have been his talk after the game. Yeah, not not uh not if you're against me. <laughs> To hell with you, essentially. Yeah. Um, all right, when we come back, there was also... I won nine games, and three of which were against teams that barely made a bowl. We got Tiger basketball to talk about, too. They were in the battle for Atlantis, made it to the championship game, had us think, had us thinking there for a second, going into that Villanova game. Whoa, this could be a crazy good Thanksgiving for Penny Hard- Thanksgiving weekend for Penny Hardaway. Turned out to just be a pretty good, solid thanksgiving for them jason munz was down there in the bahamas he's gonna join us next you're listening to giannato and jeffrey call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 92.9 FM, yes. Giannotto and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannotto and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Munz is the Tiger Basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Munzley. Joins us each and every Monday on the program. Munz, what are we listening to? This is Sonny and Cher, Jeffrey. It's, of course uh, it is. It's I Got You, Babe. Yeah. Any particular yeah. reason? Well, uh, people of a certain age might remember this song from the hit Hollywood film Groundhog Day. Mm. And... Uh, 
That's what today feels like. Third week in a row, the Tigers have been at number 26. Mm, that's good, there we that's go. good we work there, there. Munz. So Tigers yeah. left, we found out this morning, or the, yeah, in the last couple hours, they were left out of the AP poll. And then I can't even brag on, you know, our, our bosses. You know, they were ranked in the coaches poll last week, which is run by yeah, SID poll. Run by USA Today. And uh can't even say they're in there anymore. They got dropped to twenty sixth in that too, after going two and one in the Bahamas, beat Michigan, beat Arkansas, and then uh get pounded by Villanova, made it respectable in the second half, but ultimately done in by a horrible, horrible first half. Um, I also believe it is correct. So the, the difference between 25 and 26, you're cutting the cutting the margin down. Okay. All right. For the third straight week. I, I was surprised. I thought they were going to be in the 20 to 25 range uh, even after the Villanova so game. So this is my first question for, mm-hmm. for either, but we'll start with Munns. Let's say there's a universe where they lose to Villanova game one. Mm-hmm. And then they beat Michigan and they beat Michigan and Arkansas the previous two games. You mean the last two games right. of the tournament? Right. So they're so, going in with they're coming out with two wins correct. as opposed to coming out with a loss. Correct. Do you think they're ranked? Probably. Yeah. And I and I would say honestly Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I de- de- were- I'll state my claim. I definitely do. I think this is the classic recency bias, like the last thing that you saw. Well, and, and to be, I mean, like, to take it a step further, I think given the way the first half went, I would have a strong feeling that a lot of voters probably, if, if there were any voters watching, they probably tuned out at halftime and didn't see the 31-12 over the final nine minutes. Uh, um, and, you, well, you know, you could say it's garbage time, whatever, but, like, you know, it, it, they, they, they did not give up and that, and, and, you know, came back and it wasn't a total beatdown, but whatever. I even think if they had been like, let's say they're trailing f- by five to ten most of the game, and then you know in the last five, six, seven minutes, Villanova pulls away and wins by what they win by eighteen, nineteen. When all of a sudden, uh, yes, uh, <laughs> sixteen, sixteen. If they like, if they like, if it went like that, if the gameplay was like that, rather than. They fell behind by 35, went on a 21 to nothing run, and were still down by 14, which I've never seen before. Munz, I don't, because obviously you weren't watching the TV copy. When they were up, it was a 17 0 run, and they were still down like 19. I was like, that's a first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It felt, I felt it in the moment. I looked even, uh, yeah, in the moment I looked over uh, at at Parth, who was sitting next to me, and um, and I, and I, and I said, yeah, it was, it, I don't know if it was exactly at that moment, 17, nothing, whatever the run, whatever, however deep they were into the run, it was like, they're still down 20 or whatever it was. And, uh, and you know, it's like, that was how ludicrous the whole, the first 30 minutes of the game was, um, I forget exactly what they were, I think they were down 30 or 28 or yeah, 28 at half or something like that. And um, they made four shots the entire first half. It was, I think it was 41 16 at half, right? It was bad. But I think the consensus was, you know, while I do think after they beat Arkansas and David Jones has this just magical performance uh, against uh, Arkansas, it was was so much fun. And then I think it had, you know, like uh, maybe I'm alone here, Jeffrey. Maybe you, the game had juice. It had juice in you, but you came out of it going, man. 
what is possible yeah. with this team? Like this, <laughs> this team could be something. And so obviously yeah. the Villanova game took some of the wind out of that those sails. Yeah, they got some work to do to be considered, you know, one of the elite. Like I came away from that Arkansas game going, is this one of the elite teams in bas- college basketball this year? And they got some work to do to get there very clearly. Well, you know what's, you know what's well, good is they've got, opportunities to like, it's not like that was their one shot at opening eyes. They've still, they got Ole Miss this weekend. They've got BCU next week and Texas A&M the following weekend. Like there's, there's still, and then obviously Clemson's playing well and Virginia coming here. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty of opportunities. It's not like, did they do what they needed to get done there? Like ultimately well, we can all agree, right? Two and one at the, at, at the battle for Atlantis, you come away going, all right, pretty good job. Job well done. Not at, you know, obviously you wish the Villanova game had gone differently, but they're right where they need to be, right? Five and one through six games. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to move the goalposts on them. Like I, I, I felt like anything two and one or better, and that would be a good solid week. Like I, I, that's that's how I felt before. And like, yes, I understand the way that it ended leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But like to act like those two other wins didn't happen, like I think that's absurd. Yes, that was that was. I even said that to somebody in the moment, uh, somebody at the at the game who was trying to tell me that, you know, maybe Memphis doesn't deserve to be in the top twenty-five. And I'm like, you, you're telling me that thirty minutes of basketball, bad basketball, granted, um, on day on, on day three of a of a multi-team event. Uh, yeah, a foreign uh, in a foreign country, uh, you know, all that stuff, like. We, we're just going to forget that they beat Arkansas and Michigan. And, and you know, I mean, uh, Arkansas and Michigan this week are not what Arkansas and Michigan were a week ago or 10 days ago or whatever, and that's fine. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I just I, – I don't understand how how things can can be altered in such a way um, get just on such a small – Sample size, a relatively small sample size, but going back to your to Dale's original point, I think if you put anybody, any Tigers fan or any anybody, period, in a room and say Memphis has got the first six games, they're going to play at Missouri, they're going to play Michigan, Arkansas, and Villanova on a neutral floor, and then the two bye games, and you tell them they're going to be five and one, most of them are most of them are going to be pretty happy with that before the season starts. Yeah. Um, who is Colorado State six? I uh, got a Creighton win. Yeah, they beat the beat the hell out of it, the the team that you can really stick out. The I'm, team that sticks gonna, out is I'm Illinois. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock arms early here. I'm getting out in front. Like we got to make the Mountain West die again. <laughs> well, I do think I going back to the ranking thing. I do think like I don't usually put much stock into this. It's usually just like kind of a fan storyline more than anything. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 